0: Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. I want to talk to you this morning about resurrection power. You know, we've just celebrated Resurrection Day last Sunday, and we're still in this season of of remembering and celebrating Christ's resurrection. And there is a power to that resurrection that is available for us to not only hear about, but to to know and personally experience in our life and in our walk with God. Say resurrection power. Say Jesus. Show me your resurrection power. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray to Jesus in his own name. Okay, we're going to look at two major texts today, Ephesians 1 and Philippians 3. So I just invite you to thumb both of those places in your Bible. We'll go a little bit back and forth, but we're going to be anchored mainly in Ephesians and a few passages, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and Philippians chapter 3. So we're going to start with Ephesians 1, verse 17. In this letter to the uh, church in Ephesus, I mean, we're talking about major revival has broken out in this region of the world. It's in Asia Minor, the church in Ephesus. Paul has visited. There was another disciple named Apollos that had visited and preached the gospel there. But as Paul goes to look and see what's happening there, he finds some disciples in Ephesus. He lays hands on them, and they're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And such revival is prevailing. It said the word of the Lord prevailed in in Ephesus and power broke out, and people were getting saved. People were getting healed. People that were practicing sorcery and witchcraft were coming and voluntarily burning their books of sorcery in public. They were renouncing their idols and surrendering their lives to Jesus. That's resurrection power. And so Paul is writing to that church that experienced that kind of glory and that kind of power encounter, and he says this in Ephesians 1, 17. You can read this with me. We're going to read through verse 23. Ephesians 1:17. Paul saying, in light of the faith that, that you have in the Lord, he says, I'm praying this for you, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power? Say his power. Toward us who believe. Say that's for me, Jesus. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Say raised him from the dead. And seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Far above. Say far above all rule and authority and a power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Amen. So Paul is praying over this church that has had this power encounter. People are getting set free of demons. People are getting healed in their bodies. Who knows that it's, it feels good to be set free of a demon? Anyone ever here in here been set free of a demon? Few of us. Praise God. I mean, it's like when those things leave, you just didn't realize what kind of freedom was available. You, when, when I first started getting set free of demonic oppression and bondage of my life, that was a power encounter with the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And I remember the first time that happened. It was in 2007, right in front of the church, didn't mean to get delivered that day. <laughs> I just was broken and desperate for God to come and show up in my heart. And those demons came out with a loud cry. And I tell you, when those things left, I, the first thought that came to my mind, I said, this is why people just go unabandoned, just go abandoned in worship. They just go surrendered. They just let it go because they feel they used to feel like I did 30 minutes ago, and now they feel like I feel right now. They feel freedom because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. There's resurrection power in the name of Jesus. And when the name of Jesus is exalted, those demons got to go. Those addictions have to go. That sorrow has to go. And the joy of the Lord comes and fills our hearts and sets us free. Amen? Resurrection power. So even after that power encounter, though, that the church in Ephesus had, Paul is praying, not, he said, I don't cease to make mention of you in my prayers. That the Father of glory would give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. How many of you know it takes the Holy Spirit to enlighten our eyes and give us understanding? You know, when we read this word of God, Ephesians 1.17, let's get that to just regurgitate out of our mouths every time this Bible opens. When I open the word, I open to the book of Ephesians, or I, I open to the book of Judges or the book of Psalms. May the first prayer that comes out of my mouth say, Father of glory, give to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ. Unveil to me the glory of your son today. Let's ask him to do that right now. Jesus, well, we, we're gonna address the father, father of glory. Unveil the majesty And the glory of your son, Jesus Christ, the hope of his calling, the exceeding riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and the surpassing greatness of his power towards those of us who believe. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we make that a regular part of our prayers, God honors that. God loves when we come to him and ask him for help to understand and for him to unveil Jesus. You know, the Father loves revealing his son Jesus. He loves revealing to us that hope of his calling. What is that hope of his calling? That calling is a calling out of darkness and out of oppression and slavery to the evil one and into light, into freedom. Into truth and into a restored relationship with God the Father. See, that's what Jesus came to talk about. Jesus said, I'm coming to tell you about the Father. I'm coming to restore relationship between you and your Father in heaven. You know, Ephesians chapter one, it goes down this whole list of spiritual blessings. Paul opens up, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing even in the heavenly places. What are these heavenly blessings? What are these spiritual blessings that we have in Christ? It's, it's this, is that, we, that God, that he chose us in Christ. You know, you've been chosen in Christ. That's the hope of his calling, that you would be chosen in Jesus by God the Father. You know, we when we come to the Lord, a lot of our understand, a lot of our experiences that 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 we chose Him, that we came to Him. He we we acknowledge that He drew us, but we come to Him. And we say, "Yes, I surrender my life. I lay it down to You, Jesus, Father. Take this life and fill it with Your glory." But then we learn, He says, "No, Matthew, I chose you first. I had you in mind." I picked you, and I brought you to myself. Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father draws him. And those who come to me, I will by no means cast out. You know, the Father may be drawing some people to Jesus in this room or over our live stream right now for the first time. He's been drawing you your whole life, but he may be drawing you in such a way that you're ready after today to surrender it all. And there's going to be an opportunity later to do that if that's, if that's you. But when you do come, when, that, when you respond to that drawing, when you choose him, it's out of that place of he's chosen you. And Jesus will by no means cast you out. He's predestined us to adoption as sons. You know, Mallory was singing. She just, this, a lot of the songs I sang today were not on the list. They were not on the plan. The Holy Spirit was breathing on this revelation of God as our Father. And this Father of glory that all the elders and those powerful spiritual beings in all of creation stand in awe and wonder and cry out, holy. This is our Father. This is the Father of glory. And it's that Father that said, even before you were born, that says, I want Tim Parker to be my son. And I'm going to come and I'm going to set up his life in a way that he—that I'm going to draw him to my son and it's going to, he's going to come and encounter Jesus and Jesus is by no means going to cast him out. And he's going to be adopted into my family. He's going to be restored into right relationship with me. That's a good spiritual blessing, amen? We have redemption through the blood of Christ. We have forgiveness of sins. He's bought us out of that slavery to Satan and he's brought us into the freedom of his son, Jesus Christ. This is resurrection power. Why is this resurrection? Why are these, why, oh, you're, Matthew, you're talking about these blessings. You're talking about the resurrection. How is this all related? It's all rooted in this surpassing greatness of his power towards those of us who believe. That surpassing greatness of his power is the power he demonstrated when he raised his son Jesus from the dead. And not only raised him from the tomb, But Jesus, as a man in human flesh, ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. I tell you, Jesus did more than die and bleed for your sins. He did that, and it's by that blood that we are brought near to God the Father. You know, there's no way that you can even come to God the Father except by the blood of Jesus. It's not by trying to be a good enough person. It's not by trying to live a good enough life. It's not by trying to be better than you were or better than the next guy. It's the blood of Jesus. He died for our sins, but he was raised for our justification. Romans chapter 4. He died, but he got up on the third day. And that resurrection power is available to you and me today. This resurrection power is what made us alive in Christ Jesus when we were dead in our transgressions. You know, I was bound up in brokenness, in rejection, in pornography addiction. And in the midst of that, in the thick of it, God, being rich in mercy, made me alive in Christ Jesus and not only made me alive he seated me he raised me up with jesus and seated me in the heavenly places with him how many of you know you're seated with jesus in the heavenly places you know when we come to worship we, that's where we are we're seated with jesus in the heavenly places jesus promised to lay to see in church this lukewarm poor broken, blind, naked church. They thought they had it together. They thought their hallelujah was enough. They thought their being good enough was enough. They thought on the outside, they had a reputation of being alive, but on the inside, they were dead. They were blind to their condition. Jesus said to that church, I wanna come and I wanna dine with you. If you will open the door today, Today, if you will open this door, I will come in. I will dine with you. And to him who overcomes, he will be seated at my right hand as I overcame and sat at my father's right hand. There's something we have positionally due to what Jesus has already done, but there's a culmination at the end. You know, as Jesus rose in a body of flesh, You and I, one day, when the Lord returns, will be raised up in a body, in human flesh. Sin, sickness, and Satan will never be able to touch that body. But I tell you today that this that there's this twofold resurrection that we have because of this resurrection power of Jesus Christ. It's that we are made alive when we were dead in our transgressions and raised up and seated with him in the heavenly in the heavenly places. Right now today, we have access to that right now. Those things are true about us if we are in Christ. But then it's culminating We have this ongoing renewal of the the likeness of Christ, of putting off the old man, of putting off that old Matthew, because the devil comes back and he tries to, to lie to you that who you once were is who you still are today. You may fall back into that old sin or that old mindset or those old lies. And the enemy takes that as an opportunity to say, see, this is who you still are. But God says, and the word of God says, no, that's who you were. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, but now you've been made alive in Christ Jesus. And you have been raised up with him and seated in the heavenly realms. That is the resurrection power that's available. And that is that power. It empowers us to throw off that old man. When those old habits, when you sin again, or when you start believing those lies, you can come by the word of God, by the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, in reference to your former life, you lay aside the old self, you lay aside the old Matthew, you lay aside the old Peter, you lay aside the old the old John, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, that you may be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. This new self, this new Matthew, this new Bob, this new Donna is made in the likeness of God and it's been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. You know that the new you has been created in righteousness. It's been created in the very righteousness of God. We, He who knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're a new creation today if you're in Christ Jesus. And if you're not... You can be. So we first are made alive when we're dead in our sins. And we're learning day by day by this resurrection power, the same power that brought Jesus out of the tomb to lay aside that old man and put on the new one, created in righteousness and holiness of truth. But it's culminating to when the Lord is going to descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and a trumpet blast, and the dead in Christ will rise. And then we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord together and be with him forever. Philippians chapter 3 says it this way, that he is going to transfigure us into, he's going to transfigure our lowly body into the glory of his own body. I mean, think about that for a minute. We've got Jesus that was risen in a human body of flesh. Bones, blood, skin, can taste, can touch, can smell, has fingernails. That risen Jesus is the one that is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And that risen Jesus is the one that's coming back to raise up you and me and to raise us up to be with him in a new and living body that's transfigured into his own glory. That's resurrection power. That's what's available to us today. I want to have our worship team come on up. Still going to kind of continue in this flow a little bit. I'm, I'm bringing you good news today, right? Is this good news for anybody in this room? Is it good news that you don't have to be a slave to sin and the works of darkness anymore? Is it good news that you can be raised up in newness of life and seated in the heavenly realms with this risen Jesus? God, may you show us that surpassing greatness of your power towards those of us who believe. Even in this room right now, come Holy Spirit. I'm going to just shift us back and forth in preaching and prayer. So I just encourage you to open up your heart to the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. I didn't come with a gospel foreign to the gospel that Jesus and his apostles preached. I tell you, if anyone stands on this stage, if anyone stands on YouTube, anyone stands on any pulpit and preaches any other gospel, even if revealed to him by an angel, let him be accursed forever, Paul says. I'm bringing you the good news of Jesus Christ risen from the dead today. And I'm telling you that that resurrection power is available to you. It's resurrecting power, that surpassing greatness of his power that raised Jesus and seated him in heaven can make you alive today if you're dead in your sins and your transgressions. That surpassing greatness of his power can touch your life in a way that's gonna bring healing and resurrection power to your relationships. You know, some people in this room today need to be reconciled to God the Father. Maybe you've never known the Lord. Maybe you've been like a prodigal son and walked away from the Lord. Maybe you even spent all kinds of money and time and resources that the Lord blessed you with on sin and addiction. This resurrection power is available to you today. Some of you in this room, you say, I walk with Jesus. I know Jesus. I love Jesus. I come to the prayer sets. I'm, I'm, I'm in relationship with my Father. I may not be perfect, but I'm, I'm with my Father. I tell you, this resurrection power is still available to you today. And it's important that we're reminded of what it's done. But some of us, they, we need to be reconciled to the Father, but some of us need to be reconciled in our relationships. It's this resurrection power that heals marriages. It's this resurrection power that heals relationships between parents and their children. It's this resurrection power that heals hearts that have been broken and disappointed. There's people in here today that have been wounded and broken by ministries. You were in ministry or you were serving in a church and you were broken and disappointed. There's resurrection power today to be restored from that. There's resurrection power to break free of sinful thinking, of sinful patterns of addiction. Will I be totally 100% free of this today? Positionally in Christ, yes, you are free, and that's what we've got to do. But there's going to be a walking out, I tell you after this, but I'm going to pray for those that that may be in that place that say, "I, I know Jesus, I love Jesus, but I struggle with this sin. And I tell you, there's, there's more today than just receiving prayer. There's a walking out. But I think there's, there's a, a God, what he's doing is reminding you of the resurrection power that's available through his son, Jesus Christ. There's some of us today that this, this need this resurrection power to overcome the evil one and his work in our life. Do you know that we do not wage war against flesh and blood? Do you know that we do not wage war against people in our lives? Do you know that your spouse is not your enemy? That your child or parent is not your enemy? That the guy at work is not your enemy? That all these things that are, that seem to be coming against you, that's not your true enemy? Your true enemy are these spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And that's actually Sounds like bad news. I mean, it sounds worse. Like, I thought it was just my spouse or my boss. Now it's Satan I'm against. Um, But that's the guy that Jesus disarmed at the cross. (laughs) Because he defeated and triumphed over all the principalities and powers. So if Satan and his demons are the enemy, we know that Jesus has already won. And we know that Jesus is already for us. And we know that that person that may, Satan may be speaking and acting through, that we can say, God, deliver that person. Have mercy on them. Set them free today. Some of you need to cry out for your spouse. Some of you need to cry out for your children right now. Some of you need to cry out for your boss and say, Jesus, deliver them. If that's you, just cry out, Jesus, deliver them. Save them, God. Rescue them from the grip of Satan. You who who defeated sin and death on the cross, you who defeated Satan, deliver these people. Help me see they are not my enemy. That Satan is the enemy and Satan has been defeated. This is the resurrection power that's available today. We're going to take a few moments here and just position our hearts because uh, we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to do some ministry right now. I'm going to have worship team. If, uh, just lead us a bit through that second song, Make Room for You, really that chorus. I loved just that that was what we're singing today because, you know, guys, I'm just going to be honest with you for a moment. Sometimes, you know, in our, our charismatic Pentecostal world, there's, there's a little bit of pressure as a preacher to make something cool happen every Sunday. It's like, man, they're gonna, they're gonna go back to another <laughs> church if something cool doesn't happen today. And I had to lay that down, I had to die to that this week. And I just say, Holy Spirit, this is about what you and, and what you wanna do. And I have had had to have a good friend remind me of that this week. That we get to share, we get to participate. And so, that's not only relevant for this moment right now, but for us in our hearts, you know, we we come before the Lord and there's certain prayers and supplications we have that is okay to bring to God today. But, but I want to, I just want us to lay down and say, God, I want you to touch me in the way you want to touch me today. So will you stand with me right now? You may have come with a specific need and that's okay. You can, place that at the altar, but I, I want us to kind of move that just to the side. It's still in sight, but our focus is going to be on Holy Spirit. I want to make room for you in my heart to do what you want to do right now in this moment and in my life. So worship team, can you lead us in that and let's sing this together. Make room for you. Spirit, do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to. Come, touch our hearts in the way you oh, want today. for you to do. Whatever Lay aside every agenda of our own. Do whatever you want to, Come, Holy Spirit. Do whatever you want to, Release your resurrection tower over this earth.